Good morning, all. Ryan Tuberty with you. It is Tuesday morning, the 21st of December 2021. A very combination of dates I seem to read in the last two, two or one. Those digits are everywhere. And we're here till 10 o'clock. Um, well, that doesn't mean. Anyway, uh, 51551 is the text number, and you can email ryan at rte.ie. Uh, here's what I think uh, about time. We have, we have now a scenario where it's, it's, I'm calling it for the next month or so, temporal Darwinism, whereby everything is going to be moved and shifted around just because the pandemic told us to do it. So now I'm looking at Kevin Barden, manager of O'Donoghue's Pub on Marion Row in Dublin in the newspaper this morning. They're photoed by Sam Bowell. Kevin, good guy, great bar, good staff. He's closing the gates of like like it's like Wonka's factory closing eight o'clock. Ronan McGreevy goes around and he's asking people, "So how do you feel about this?" And everyone's going, "Well, it's what it is. It's the last days of the Roman Empire. The pubs across the the, the restaurant across the road should have had a hundred and eighty people there um, last night. And there's thirty two people. It's in Hugo's restaurant. Gina Murphy, another good good egg. Um, and they're devastated. And that's what's happening. But what people's planning is happening. Back to my temporal Darwinism. People's timing is that they're now saying, do you want to meet at five, where you would have met at seven? I know of other dinners that say, do you want to meet at four instead of six? I've even heard, do you want to meet at two instead of four? All the timings are shifting. Take, take, it, take it away from the pub and the restaurant for a moment and go to the theatres, the Abbey Theatre. All 6.30 performances will proceed as normal. All 8.30 performances will happen at 4.30. Everything is, this is, we're, we're shifting time because, because of the circuit. The, the faith healer, faith healer, all 2pm matinees will now take place at 12 noon. The shifting sands. The 6pm performance on New Year's Eve will now take place at 5pm. Every brilliant thing, all 2.30pm matinees will now take place at 2. All 8pm will take place at 6. So in other words, they want to survive and they want to keep doing it. But the only way they're going to be able to do it is to shift the time space-time continuum. So that seems to be the case. We'll all be in bed very early if we keep doing that, uh, socialising-wise, but it's a way around it. And as we keep saying, people want to keep going and get on with their lives and um, not to be so uh, beaten down by the thing. I'm just looking at I got another, yet another um, customs charges to be paid thing from post. Is anyone getting those where you, you, you buy something or somebody buys something on your card, that is to say, obviously a close relative. <laughs> and the next thing, a card comes in going, yeah, you've got to pay 10 quid on, or 15, or in this case, 17 euro and 17 cent. And I go to my friends in the post office, they're always really lovely, and they said, and I say, well, I've got to pay for this. And then the thing, I said, when, when does the thing come? And I said, well, the thing comes package, maybe a week or so. Away. So I'm not sure what this package is, but it's part of the, I presume, post-Brexit uh, reality. Let me just say, if you're posting some cards today, as I hope to be, um, Lainey Kay, she is a LaineyKay.com. She, she's Irish designer. The cards are really good and they're Irish and they're funny. And if you haven't got them, sort yourselves out. Come, they tell me, pum, but stay two metres away. Um, that's the kind of thing she's she's talking about. Uh, she's great. And um, I often mention her cards because they're so good and it's just a good Irish business to support. 
Ryan, people have to work at 2pm and 4pm starts are very difficult, says Marion Malahide. Yeah, I sure look at everything's like Shay Byrne was on this morning at six. Morning Ireland's not now on from, from I think it's eight uh, instead of seven. We're 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 still here. Ten, uh, what is it? Nine? What, when are we here? Nine to ten. But they, everything is shifting around anyway for Christmas, but also because of the pandemic. When when Anton Deck started giving out about Boris Johnson on uh, the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Something quite interesting happened, whereby people listened. Now you would think, wouldn't you, for a program about eating kangaroos, testicles and so on, that it wouldn't have that much of an, uh, an impact. But it really did. Popular culture can do that on the political scene, especially now. Uh, as, 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 as someone was saying this morning, that the, the Northern Wall that the Tories, in an unlikely twist in recent politics, uh, benefited from uh, for his stonking majority, as they say over in the UK, uh, are dependent on people like Anton Deck liking whoever is in charge of uh, the, the government, that is to say Boris Johnson. But the question is, has he lost the room? Now, he's seen, there's no photographs of looking at them this morning of him having what looked like a wine and cheese party in the Garden of Ten Down. Um, the place must have been overcome with parties. How has he got any business done at all? There's party after party. So very sociable. <laughs> I like that. But uh, maybe the Prime Minister has. Anyway, either way, Anton Deck came out and they, and, and, and it really, I don't know, maybe sociologists and, and people in years to come will say that that was a moment because he, he as I say, seemed to have lost the room. And that that, that transpires in, into different facets of, I suppose, popular and sporting culture. So, for example, um, at the darts the other night, if not last night, fans could be heard singing. Uh, this was uh, last night, yeah, at the, at the darts, uh, World Darts Championship in Alexandra Palace. The fans in the darts stood up and started singing Stand Up If You Hate Boris. That, this is what it sounds like. Now that's, I, I, I don't recall hearing something like that from a crowd like that. And uh, at the Premier League clash between Leeds and Arsenal on Saturday, the stands were full of fans also. See, like normally they shout at the person they don't want to support or the team they don't particularly like. But it was Boris Johnson. I, I can't repeat the word they were calling him, but this is how it went. Most ungentlemanly language and unparliamentary language, Mr. Johnson. But nevertheless... That's, if you really want to know if somebody's in trouble, that's a surefire way when they're shouting and chanting at the darts and the soccer. Uh, Not good. A lot of talk yesterday about having a dog and not having a dog. And we read uh, that lovely message about Harry the dog who, who died, but that people were, you know, they were moved by it. And it says, I've been there and you never regret, this is, sorry, this is Marie in the hills of Donegal. You'll never regret all the happy years that a dog can give you. Nothing compares... And the sadness now is only uh, the other side of the coin of love in abundance on both sides. So uh, Rob got in touch. He said, we got a dog last year during lockdown. It's the best thing we did while I was working at home. And for my only daughter, she's delighted every day since. You make me feel guilty now, Rob. Um, Joe Biden got a new dog, uh, another German shepherd. Um, This one's called Commander, which is a pretty big name. For a pretty big dog. It's a, they're commanding looking dogs, aren't they? Commander. So that's another dog for the White House. 
Marion Gowis, it's true the lifespan of a dog is relatively short. However, you know, Ryan, that's the deal we settle for in life. We learn that we will never replace the dog we've lost. What we set out to do is fill the space. And that we do. I haven't been without a lab for in 50 years. My precious dog is my seventh. And I can honestly say that each one has brought a particular joy and love to my life. And I hope never to be without one. It's worth reviewing the situation, she says. Okay, okay, okay. Dara says, I'm in tears listening to that lady's letter about her dog. We had the very same story with our Charlie. He definitely kept us all sane and exercised during the lockdowns of 2020. He was a mutt, a brat, but we loved him. We rescued him from the RSPCA through Jerry Ryan's radio appeal 10 years before. And I carried him into the vets last January and stayed with him till the end. And we miss him terribly. Well said. And uh, in keeping spirits high, I'm back to window visits, says Bear, with my mother. Lots of sign language going on. She was giving out about something and I couldn't understand her. And then she put her two fingers up and made the impression of a big person. I was trying to figure out what she's trying to say. But then I got it. She was doing the big V, the big virus. So I just had to laugh. Are you sure, Bear? <laughs> Maybe she didn't want you to be there, Bear. Uh, Ryan, I'm joking, of course. The nation is a generous, caring and kind nation. One On Grafton Street on Saturday last, there was a 24-hour carolathon for the Simon community. Various groups singing carols. Uh, finished off with a two-stint from an amazing gospel choir which lifted everyone's spirits. That's good. Yes, this one was a little uh, strange in 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 uh, in a way that you know there, there was those moments where you go, I wonder should I have? Maybe not. I wonder should I? The answer probably is yes. Shall we read the? Let's read this. Ryan, weepy because we were talking about people being a little weepy here and there, um, including myself, but not necessarily in a in a particularly sad way, but just just every now and again going, that's lovely, that's nice. Weepy, I don't think I did the right thing and I can't let it go. Can you help me? Okay. Two weeks ago, says our correspondent, I was in McCabe's Pharmacy in Dundrum Town Centre waiting to collect a prescription. And this is a prescription that an older gentleman had come to the next counter to collect. And he asked the assistant how to dispose of a particular medicine. The assistant seemed confused and the gentleman added, it's my wife's painkiller. She's in the hospice now and she doesn't need it. No one acknowledged what he said. So I turned to look at the man with a profound sense of sadness. What was he going through? What kind of a Christmas was he facing into? I believed I could feel his pain and I wanted to reach out to him. The conversation had nothing to do with me and I didn't interrupt. It's not the right thing to do, I thought. But I should have. I would rather rebuke than to have done nothing. So to that man, if you're listening, you were seen, you were heard... And you've been sent a virtual hug every day since. So thanks for reading that out. You're welcome. I think the next time you should go for your gut, which was say something, because I think it would be a lovely thing to do and he would appreciate it. And I can feel that you're, you've got the regret, but you're kind too. So hopefully that man has family and friends and people who can mind him. Um, this this, this uh, is from Pat. And it says... If you decide to read this out, you're going to refer to me as Pat. I hate the name Pat, so no one will guess it's me. All right. I heard you mention tears yesterday. I can tell you from my own experience, the tears are wrapped around my heart. I ask listeners to remember that unnoticed tears are wrapped around the hearts of many people who smile and laugh and act all macho with so-called fun-loving faces. These can be a facade. 
My heart breaks every Christmas because I'm single, I'm middle-aged, I have no family, and there are many people like me, the funny clowns to the world, yet their hearts are breaking. So when people talk about families and joy and happiness and love at Christmas, there are thousands of very lovely people and they're out there with a smile on their faces. However, their hearts are breaking. So to the listeners out there, be kind and smile and have a few little gentle, kind words to others. As you don't know, the clown you were talking to might have a broken heart. Anyway, thanks for all the support and funds throughout this COVID nightmare, Ryan, and best wishes for a happy, blessed Christmas and New Year from the clown Pat. I think it's worth mentioning that email and reading it out because... As we always say, you never know quite anyone's story and you never quite know what anyone's going through when you're buying the box of crackers or standing at the pharmacy counter or sitting on the bus. You never quite know. So I often say, work off the basis that the person is good and work back from there. <laughs> Will you try that? Let's go for it. 16 minutes past nine. That's great. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Lovely, lovely, lovely. The Travelling Wilburys. Uh, thanks for the card recommendations. LaneyK.com. Uh, is that LaneyK.com? Make sure I got that right. LaneyK.com. Yes. Uh, I'm happily shopping on our site and then the whole of Ireland found it and the site has crashed. Happy Christmas. From the Dailies in Newquay in County Clare. Emma says, we had a quick date to the Abbey and the closest pub to it uh, all before eight yesterday home in time for kids bedtime <laughs> probably wouldn't have gone at the normal later time See, it's just change, changing changing shifting sands National Collective Community Based Women's Networks and uh, uh, the Blaney Blades Is that, am I saying that right yes uh, the women's group are based in the beautiful community buildings in Castle Blaney called Iantus and we've been in operation says Lorraine Cunningham uh, for over 25 years and uh, one of our groups are the age-friendly group. In the last two years, it's been extremely difficult for them and I was hoping you'd give them a call-out uh, from all the staff and the board of management and we are hoping that 2022 will bring inclusion and health and happiness to all of them. Thank you very much, Ryan, and we all love the show. You, well, listen, Lorraine, happy Christmas to you and everybody involved and thank you for your note, your lovely handwritten note, which I will now place to the side. And in amongst the postbag this morning, so many thoughtful and kind cards which I... Uh, open and read and love and appreciate so thank you and there was a lovely batch of them actually from the O'Hara family wishing us all a happy Christmas and a normal new year Kathleen, Damien Owen, Lauren and Isabel uh, particularly Isabel's lovely card she drew with uh, the alien on it looked quite like Yoda which was great and then a letter and a hand drawn card from Lauren with our owl friend from the late late show and she and her classmates helped plant trees this year so she told us about her cat Fang and her dog Smokey Great names. And then Rowan Owen told me about his studies of particular interest, his passion for history, Greek, Egyptian, world wars. Loved our interview with Michael J. Fox in the Late Late Show and enjoyed his book and also plays the banjo. Love that family. Happy Christmas, O'Horas, and thank you for uh, listening and for being with us uh, as we travel through uh, the t life and the universe uh, on a given morning. Here's another one, uh, an email that came in. I'm, I'm going to try and get through as many emails and messages. I also really, really want to welcome home people 
who've come home to the loving arms of their families from around the world. 51551, feel free to send in a message and say where you've come from and how you're doing and welcome home. And uh, of course, people are going flying out the other way entirely, but that's for another day. I decided to drop you a little line because you've been keeping us going this past 18 months. I live in Belgium and I moved here as an au pair. In 1991, ended up marrying a lovely Belgian, brackets, God bless his patience, and we have two kids. I've been mainly working from home since March 2020. I look forward to my tubbery hour. Okay, very much every day. Prior to COVID, I travelled home every month. You see, my dad had dementia and was living in a nursing home in Lucan, and my mum was left, left living alone. And on February 29th, 2020, gosh, the day before, I was hugging my dad and I told him I'd see him next month. I flew back to Belgium. Pandemic. We have two adult kids in university studying from home. And although the first few weeks were novelty and the worry and panic of not seeing my parents set in, ultimately weeks turned to months and every WhatsApp conversation was tough. Trying to explain to dad, I'd be back as soon as we could fly again. Christmas 2020 came and went. And then early February, my brother called to say dad wasn't doing too good. The absolute panic. I tried to get a flight but couldn't get a seat until the following Friday. It was Monday. Dad worsened. And with the help of the amazing staff of his nursing home, it was decided that I should say my goodbyes on a WhatsApp video call. My eyes still fill as I remember it. I hoped against hope that I get home in time, but it wasn't to be. And Dad passed away on Wednesday, two days before my flight. I finally got to say goodbye on Saturday. He looked like a movie star laid out. But I was so sorry I didn't make it in time. We laid Dad to rest in strict COVID restrictions and I returned to Belgium without being able to hug my mum or any of my friends. It's been a hard year, but we've held it together, says Fiona, as I know Dad would want us to be strong. On Wednesday, I fly home for Christmas. My husband will follow on Thursday. Our daughter, currently on Erasmus in Italy, is currently on a flight to her granny as I type. Our son will spend Christmas with his American girlfriend's family in New York, so we'll be without him for the first year in his 24 years. I'm teary, says Fiona, a little of the time, but happy for what we have and for those who have made it. I'm glad we'll be with our wonderful Irish mammy again this year and I can't wait to land at the airport and feel the enormous pride of where I come from. I want to wish you and your family a happy Christmas and thanks for the many of those uh, hours that just helped me over the very sad times in my little home office all alone. So thank you, Ryan, and all your team. Fiona. Oh, gosh, I'd say Fiona's uh, reflecting the mood of many families listening in this morning and no harm in that at all. So happy Christmas, Fiona, to you and your mam and the extended family. Hope you're all doing OK. Uh, Sinead was on to say that to that person who was in McCabe's pharmacy two weeks ago, I agree with Ryan to go with your gut. And in this case, maybe your gut was telling you to hold back. Maybe something in the body language of the gentleman told you it would be kinder not to approach him. Maybe it wasn't the right time for him. And maybe he had to hold it together that day to get things done. It's always hard to know. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You made the call with a good heart. Well said, Sinead. I like that. Uh, I agree with Pat says Anne. I'm uh, the same with asking who, you've, who you're having dinner with on Christmas. I'm, I'm happily having mine at home with my daughter, maybe even on my lap on the couch. Um, some don't have big families to go to for whatever reason. Remember I spoke to David Williams, I think, over the summertime, and he and his son had burgers for Christmas, just a pair of them watching a movie, and they had a great time. I, I, I can't remember why he couldn't get the turkey together, or they just weren't in the mood. And the son said, uh, yeah, I'll go for burgers. And he said, well, I'll go for burgers. It's just a pair of them. So, you know what? Strokes for folks in the middle of, the, of what we're going through. There should be no judgment. 9.25, back shortly.
9.27 this uh, Tuesday morning. We got a German Shepherd, says uh, text, uh, during the first lockdown. And uh, my daughter was born, what, they were born two weeks apart. You're the, the German Shepherd and your daughter. Uh, his name is Kobe, and I would definitely recommend getting one. Smart, loving, affectionate dogs. Also, could you say hello to Sandra, my mom? She loves you. Well, tell her I love her too. 51551, good morning. Let's go to uh, say hello on the phone to Malena Jacobson Brazil. Good morning, Malena. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? It's very nice to talk to you. Thank you. You've got a, a beautiful name. Thank you very much. You? It, uh, it's a tricky one, but um, um, anyway, I've gotten used to it. <laughs> we did okay. Uh, you're, so I know little or nothing about Sweden. What, what, are the, what are the top things I should know that we should all associate with Sweden before we get into our chat? Sweden, oh. What's Sweden famous for? Ah, come on. One thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Say it. Flat packs. Yes. <laughs> no, that, actually, there's another four-letter word as well. Come on. Uh, uh, f- uh, can, uh, can, can, you, can you fix that when you get to deliver it? Abba. Come on. <laughs> um, a musical troupe that won the Eurovision and continued to wow the next generation. Yes, exactly. I'm trying to say everything without saying IKEA and Abba. Well, um, Are you proud of both of those exports? Yes. Good. I am. Good. Uh, absolutely. But the thing is, I'm actually not Swedish, I'm Danish. Oh, sorry. So, I'm so sorry. I, th- <laughs> I thought you were Swedish. No, I'm Danish. But okay. I grew up in Sweden. Ah, oh, come on. We, so, we got, do, do, do you want to talk about Lego or Ikea or none of the above? Um, ah, sure. Leave them aside. We all know about them. What brought you to Ireland? Love. Ah, well, now that's more like it. Um, and that, uh, well... You had children and uh, and everything else. Yes. Um, how many did you have? Three. And how old are they now? Um, eighteen, seventeen, and fourteen. Okay. Um, and the love was obviously all there, but you're not with the man you followed over. Is that right? No, we we were together for well almost uh, nineteen years, and then things were just not the same anymore. Okay. And we thought, as opposed to continue living together and maybe not be happy, we decided to live happily ever after, just not as husband and wife. And so far, so good. So far, so good, yeah. Uh, tell me about training to be a tour guide, because your timing was a little unfortunate. Yes. Um, so it was about two, it was two years ago in December, actually, a friend of mine who is Swedish had um, a travel agent, and she said, we need tour guides that can speak Scandinavian languages. So I'm fluent in Danish and Swedish and I can wing Norwegian. Um, so I decided, yeah, sure, why not? I'll become a tour guide. I love talking to people and, you know, people go on holidays because they want to do see something new and they're happy. So I started a course in February of 2020. And within three weeks, we headed into lockdown. So all the classes were, you know, they were done on Zoom. And I am now a national tour guide. Yes. But very few tourists. Yeah, but you've no one to guide. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. But nevertheless, um, you did get to, to to do some something very interesting with your parents that uh, that really tallies with what we were talking about in the last week or two, which was the Swedish death clear out, which really does sound like something out of a WWE uh, special at a weekend, but it refers to decluttering in uh, on a on a on a massive scale. Tell me about yours. Well, the, i give you the short version of okay. the long story. So my mom um, was, she's 80, and she was diagnosed with cancer back in November of last year. 
and she started treatment and by early January of this year she got the results that it was they couldn't operate or do any surgery on it so it was just like it was down to chemo and it would be terminal cancer so at that point I um, we're still living together my ex and me because Mm. we couldn't sell a house in the middle of lockdown so he had to be fair to him like he knows my mom really well you know she's like a mother to him he said you know I'm working from home the kids are home we're good just go so I went home Uh, I got on a plane quick as can be and flew home and I was actually well not forced but I didn't want to bring anything I didn't want to bring a virus back to them Mm. so I was self-isolating in a summer house in the woods by the, the Baltic Sea in January. It was oh, quite interesting, actually. Okay. Uh, I, well, it, sounds, it sounds strangely beautiful. Would that be right? It was strangely beautiful, and it was a really lovely summer house that had all the mod cons. Okay. my mum's and dad's friends. It had everything except from insulation and central heating. It ah. was freezing. Yes. But um, anyway, after about 10 days, I went home to my mum and dad. And, you know, they live in the middle of the countryside. And we started, you know, my mum and me said, OK, we'll just do a bit of clearing out. So she would refer to it sometimes as death cleaning. And I would kind of say, well, can we not just call it stock taking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's so brutal, the Swedish death clear out. Um, I think stock taking sounds much <laughs> softer, if not a little kinder. Was there, was there terrible sadness facing into this, given your mum's news? Or was there a, a sort of a Scandinavian stoicism? Um, um, myself and my mum, we, you know, we had a lot of chats and, you know, we'd go for drives around the countryside. And I think with everything taken into account, it depends on what way you look at life. Okay. So if you take the word pandemic, that is a massive bad thing. And cancer, terminal cancer, is also a bad thing. Mm. And a divorce and a separation is too. But when in my circumstances, or our circumstances, when we put them together, I actually just went and stayed with my parents for two months. I would never have done that mm. if one of those three things, or if all those three things hadn't come back or come together. So you see you see the fortune in that then, the good, the joy in that? Yes, okay. absolutely. Amazing and, attitude. <laughs> but, and my mum does too. Okay. But um, anyway, so back to back the... Back to the... <laughs> see, you need to reel me in, right? I'm, 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 I'm trying to do it. I mean, I, I'm working on it. What I find is the sidebars are as, as interesting as the main, the main event. But let's keep going. You're, you're, you're now facing into what? How do you, how do you uh, decide where to begin? Well, see, I, I do this continually anyway. So, um, so my mum and my dad, my dad is actually my stepdad. So I have a dad, which is my stepdad, and I have had a father who was my father. So that's how I differentiate between them. But when my father died, he was a hoarder, and my older brother was left with looking after it. Mm-hmm. You know, his house and all his belongings, and it, was, it took a huge toll on him. And I think at that stage, I realized I don't want that. And my mother realized that she doesn't want to bring that upon us when she departs or leaves or whatever. Okay. So we, uh, we've done it continually over the years. And I think with me moving to a different country, you can't bring everything. So, you know, I've, you know, I've gone through my stuff and left stuff behind in Scandinavia. So we, um, so we do it continually. It's not mm. something that we just did, but we were bored out of our wits in the middle of the countryside. So we started with her clothes, her wardrobe. 
So she's got vintage clothes from the, you know, the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, we tried them on. She tried them on. I tried them on. I got a few dresses. And, you know, so, and then we brought some to the charity shop that we didn't want. There was a lot of 80s clothes that went. The, the 80s were just bad, let's put it this way. <laughs> Shoulder pads and yeah. whatnot. Yes. Um, so, so anyway, yeah. And then a couple of days later, we sat down with all the photos back then when you had photos and they were put into albums. And, you know, we... You know, she goes, oh, yeah, that's the party I got that dress for. That was a great party, actually, you know, and people with cigarettes in their hands and, you know, yeah. beer bottles and everything. It was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, I, the, ki- and the kids were under the table, actually. Yeah. We were probably hiding under the table. Of course, of course. And uh, as you say, the albums, I mean, look, we all have some albums at home, but gosh, like there's such a value to putting photos out of your phone and really enjoying, say, 40 photographs in an album rather than having a, a thousand of them in your phone. Yeah, and and it was actually lovely because we started putting them into piles. So I, you know, put some for my cousins and for my auntie and, you know, just so we can, and, you know, we'd post it off to them. So it was a nice thing to do because th- these were photos that they might never have seen either. So, um, so then, yeah, so then we did that. And actually, it's funny. So then, so yeah, so clothes and photos. And then we did kitchen clear out and knickknacks and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But with the emotional stuff. Um, so at one point we found, uh, I was thinking about this last night, we found the drawer with the letters. The letters um, that, and postcards that, you know, my parents have received over the years. And I found letters from my 19, 20-year-old self. No. And... It was, oh my goodness, I was bulletproof. Seriously, mm. there was nothing that faced me. And it was just, it was lovely. It was lovely actually looking at it because I never thought that I, I can't remember really what I was thinking back then, but now I know. Yeah. Did you keep them then? I did. Yeah. And actually, it's a good few years ago when I was home, I went through, I found a suitcase with the letters that I had received. And I'm still in touch with the girls from high school and I gave the letters back to them when one of the get-togethers and it was the best laugh ever. I'd say. Boyfriends and what we were up to. So anyway, yeah. it's a good. Actually, that's a good thing with letters. If you have letters, send them back. You know, maybe monitor, maybe kind of, you know, go through maybe this stuff that you don't want to send back to people. But it is actually a nice gift to give back to someone. Was it, um, in the end, a lovely thing to do with with your mum? Yes, it was fabulous. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's not, I don't know if it's for, it's for everyone. True. But there is, there is a part, like you, you know, death is there. Like, it's the one thing we can be certain of. And, you know, you just have to, I don't know, embrace it might not be it, but you have to accept that that's where you're going. Mm. And I think... Doing a death clear out is, it is, it was a gift of love from my mother to me to do it. Mm. Because one day when she's not here anymore, I would have to stand around with all of that. You know, I had two brothers, you know, but, you know, brothers being brothers, like, no offence, but (laughs) (laughs) there is times where you are pretty useless, I'm just saying. Well, I think I I agree with you. I think I know from, I know my sisters are the heavy lifters and the boys uh, sweep up afterwards and get all the, all the praise unfairly. (laughs) In my experience. Um, For the most part. And in your case, you did obviously the, the, the right thing at the right time. I think this this Swedish death clean. I think I prefer your more genteel uh, description as a stock taking. 
is something that would be very beneficial for for everyone. Um, but not, but it's not something that would suit everyone's temperament. Essentially, I think that's what you're saying. How is your mum doing? She is okay. She had her chemo, and I think that finished back in September. No, no, no. Sorry, March. Mm-hmm. And then they put her on immunotherapy, which is a newish kind of drug, and it's only I think it only works in about twenty percent of the cases. But she's one of them. So she is uh, she's doing really well. She has uh, she went on holidays with my dad back in September, Good. made a new friend. And actually the, the funny thing about my mom on the day when she got the diagnosis about a year ago she said to my dad, you know what, that old bucket we're driving, it's not good anymore. We need, a, we need another car. So they went in to get, have a look at a second-hand car yeah. and they walked out with a brand new car. She was 80 years of age. No, she never it. had a new car in no, her I life, love it. but she did it. Yeah, about time, about time. Yeah. Good on her. And um, are, what are your plans for Christmas, uh, Melanie? Well, I am flying, well, uh, so what, what have we now? What was it, the 21st? 21st uh, today, yeah. 21st. So yeah. tomorrow, myself and my ex are bringing the kids out for dinner. And then on the 23rd, I'm flying home to my mum to spend Christmas with uh, her and my dad and my two brothers. And I will be home in 2022 in Ireland. I see, I home is everywhere. I go home to Sweden, I go home to Denmark, and I go home to Ireland. You're, so anyway. f- you're, you're Phileas Fogg um, and enjoying your globetrotting. Peripatetic, isn't that the word they use for your, your travelling plans, which is lovely. And That's a very, very complicated word. <laughs> I need to look that up. It's a good one. Um, look, uh, happy Christmas to you, Melena, and to your mother and your brothers and your father and your children and your ex-husband and everyone in your life. And... And I hope your your trip home goes really well to Sweden. Thank you so much. And happy I, Christmas to you. Yeah, too. I enjoyed talking to you. Mind yourself, and thanks for your time this morning. Thank, you. thank, thank you Bye. for now. There she goes. And um, at twenty to ten, it's, it's a lovely story. Uh, Text says my mum, who was terminally ill, wanted to clear out the house before she passed. So we started wading through the clutter. However, she found it just too emotional, so we had to stop. It's very difficult on every level to clear a house. Yeah, I I have no doubt. That lady is so lucky to be able to do that with her mum, says another. Unfortunately, my mum passed away at 66 and never got a chance to even say goodbye. Um, So um, that's from a fan listener in Dunleary. Well, good morning to you. And um, that's, well, I think Melena said that very wisely, that it's not for everyone. And I think that's the truth. And maybe they might be better at it in Scandinavian countries than in Ireland. There could be another thing that we don't really want to get into. As as we so often say, we so often, we talk a lot, but we don't say much sometimes. Um, literally home alone for Christmas, says a text. Um, I get on with it. I love it, in fact. I'm middle-aged, I'm great crack, and I'm blessed to have food in my press and a working television. I am my family. And again, if that's your bag and you're into it, great. And if, if, you're, if you're not... And you're lonely, that's another issue. But that person there is saying, yeah, that'll do nicely. Spent one Christmas with my twin sister, Carly. Five mile run, late breakfast with Irish coffees, then back to back Breaking Bad with champagne and the cheese board for dinner. Perfect. Again, <laughs> sounds good to me. Uh, Imelda Crowley was on. My two sons are flying back to the Netherlands today. I can't wait to see them. I presume you're from the Netherlands, I hope. Uh, they're on the bus to the airport now. Both Owen and Tig are studying at Trinity and uh, love listening to the radio. Here decorating my cakes. Happy Christmas to you all and from a very happy Irish mammy here in the Netherlands. I'm sorry, I got you now. You're in the Netherlands and the lads are flying to join you. Gotcha. Uh, happy Christmas to you all and to all the Crowleys. Uh, and this story reminds me, says a text of a cartoon photo someone sent me of an elderly man and his son looking into a garage full of hoarded rubbish with the dad saying someday son all this will be (laughs) be yours The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1
Um, now, a lot of emails uh, along this line. So let me take this example of it as I'm sifting through them here. Um, it said that, dear Ryan, it said that when we are on the receiving end of a poor service experience, that on average we tell 20 people. And if we have a good experience, we tell three people. And so this letter is an attempt to book this trend. Uh, on Thursday, the 9th of December, my wife underwent a complex open-heart procedure at Galway University Hospital. After the operation, which took approximately seven hours, she was taken to the general ICU. Normally, she would have been taken to a dedicated cardiothoracic ICU, but this was being used for COVID patients in need of intensive care. Shortly after surgery, I was allowed into the ICU to see my wife and I met a young lady who said that the surgery was successful and who introduced herself simply as Alex. I sub subsequently learned that Alex had played a leading role in the surgery, but she still had time to talk to me and reassure me. In the following days, my wife became quite unwell due to underlying issues and was placed on a ventilator. As the days passed, I was becoming really concerned and a member of the nursing staff suggested that I request a meeting with one of the surgical team. I met with a consultant who gave a concise and understandable account of my wife's situation and assured me that she was going to recover. My wife was discharged from ICU this morning to a cardiac care ward and throughout the past 11 days she has received an amazing level of skilled clinical care from a range of health professionals. The compassion and empathy shown to both of us was something that I will always be grateful for. Nursing staff were efficient, friendly, courteous and displayed concern for my welfare just as much as for my wife's. And we are fortunate in Ireland that our healthcare system is populated with a rich and diverse range of nationalities at all levels. And what I have witnessed during our experience gives me hope for the future of this country. All of the foregoing was achieved during one of the greatest challenges that this country has faced. And that is from a correspondent who just wanted to say there's a lot of griping and a lot of whinging and a lot of moaning. And sometimes they get it right and when they do it should be acknowledged. And that's uh, what that message clearly was all about. Um, Olive Coleman was on to say, speaking of numbers with two or one, yes, my father Sean Coleman celebrates his 100, 100th birthday this morning. Round of applause for him. Born on the 21st of the 12th, 1921. 12, 12, 21. We're privileged that he's still at home having a small family party today, originally from Morn Abbey, County Cork, now living in Cork City. Regards, ah, oh, happy uh, birthday, Mr. Coleman, and 100 years. It's good news. Um, Melina brought a smile and a tear to my eyes to text my mother died in October and I wish I had done all of this with her and I miss her terribly every day and a lot of people are thinking thoughts like that uh, at a time of the year like this and in a, in a time of our in, in, globe's history like this you know, things have uh, are magnified and they're intensified and they're not made much easier all the time so we're thinking of everyone in that position this Tuesday morning have yourself a merry little Christmas now. I feel like I had a nice uh, glass of sherry there, a port. It's Frank Sinatra. It's a very beautiful song. I think it's my favourite version of it because it is uh, his voice, for whatever reason, whatever time of his life it was, lived in, but not gone. Um, it's, it's beautiful. 
Gosh, Ryan, says Aoife, that beautiful Sinatra version just about tops Judy Garland's like silk. Thank you for playing. It's a pleasure. Happy Christmas. Probably my favourite Christmas song, says a text. Uh, thank you and have yourself a merry little Christmas, Ryan. Thank you for playing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. My dad sang that, says Brida. He passed away 17 months ago and I'm still broken hearted, but I love to hear uh, this old favourite. Good on you and uh, happy Christmas to you. Hope you're doing okay. And Stephen in Glasnevin says, could you please wish my beautiful wife, Udell, a very happy Christmas and thank her for everything she does. She's a carer for my autistic child, Daniel. And he and she adore each other and I know you get uh, much more deserving stories, but I would really appreciate it if you can read it. Happy to do it to you and Daniel, Udell and Stephen. Happy Christmas and uh, mind yourselves and have fun getting there. Thanks, Ryan. That song just finished me off. It's Bridget. Bag of emotions these days. Thanks to you and the team for all your hard work. <laughs> the team are going to get heads. I don't, I, this business of including the boo to that. Luke McIntosh, good morning. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. How's, how's, how's your world? Not too bad, thank God. Not too bad. From the United States, maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Originally from the States, yeah. Oh, what part? Oh, I lived around a lot. My father worked for the airline, so I was born in Montana. I lived in Minnesota. I lived in Tennessee for a while, Pennsylvania. But I ended up in North Dakota for the longest time. And what was your happiest memory in terms of location in America? Of all the places you lived, which place did you find the most joyful? I really loved Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've ever been over there, I have, but no, I've never my been. God. Oh yeah, the, especially if you go over there during the kind of the the fall into winter period, it's like one of the most magical places oh, you ever go. Sounds amazing. Yeah. You 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 were listening this morning. What what grabbed your attention, Luke? Yeah, it was. I was listening to um, that lovely lady talking about her time with her mom with the death <laughs> death clear out. <laughs> the Swedish death oh. clear out. Yes, Melina. <laughs> death clear out. Yeah. It sounds like Swedish death metal, but like it does. Yeah, more sense, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's so bad. But no, it just reminded me of. Uh, my mother, uh, my grandmother, excuse me, died of cancer there. Um, I think she, I was trying to remember the year there, but mm. the pandemic's messed up my memory, but yeah. I think it was in 2017 or something, but it was quite a few years ago now. Actually, her, her, her death and her anniversary of her death was only there a week or so ago. Um, but when she found out she had cancer, we said we'd all get together. It was during the summer of that year, and we said we'd all get together and kind of have a bit of a celebration uh, with her. And we took that, or I particularly took that time to kind of sit down with her and ask her stories about her life and right. the different things she was doing. And it was amazing. Like, it just got these incredible stories that, you know, we never heard, my mother had never heard before, you know what I mean? Which yeah. led to some interesting conversations. But. <laughs> and wh- what was her name? Her name was Amelda, but we called her Mel. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, she lived in the middle of nowhere in Montana in a place called Hinsdale. And about 200 people live in that town, and it's in the middle, like literally in the middle of nowhere. And so. what what story blew your mind from her? Like, at what point did your eyes widen and you thought, Mel, you what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guys, there's so many, but I, I think the one I pick out is she, when she was young, when she was a teenager, she, I don't remember the whole details, but anyway, she, she had to live with her grandfather for a while. Okay. And her grandfather was a horse whisperer. Wow. And like trained horses and like taught her all this stuff about horse whispering. And I had never in my entire life known about that. But since I was a baby, I loved horses and I felt a, a huge affinity towards horses. Isn't and it was only when she told me that I was like, holy crap, that was. Yeah. And is Mon- <laughs> Montana to me is horsey country, isn't it? It's, it's, I, I don't know why I think that. The cowboys or something. Yeah, well, yeah. But my father used to ranch on, in, on horseback in Montana back during right. the. 70s and late 60s, early 70s and stuff. And yeah, so you, it'd be a right connotation to have. In 
And when you were doing your 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 American um, clear out or, or stock taking, I think it was the name. <laughs> the American death death clear out. Montana death clear out. Starring Luke McIntosh. Um, when you were doing it, it it sounds to me it, it, that it was cathartic and it was kind of beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I honestly I can't even describe in words what it meant because, it, it, as I said in the text, it meant that I had stories I could tell my children. Yeah. you know, that I wouldn't have had before. And in fact, it, it was so important now, I'm telling my parents who are, you know, in their 70s, and, you know, I'm kind of like, listen, we're actually going over there next year, please, because everything goes well in April. And I was like, listen, we're going to sit down and we're going to have, like, story time. Yeah. <laughs> I want all the stories, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to go through the boxes. We're, we, we, we heard about it in Ireland. It's called the Swedish Death Clear. Imagine, <laughs> exactly. I, I, this is the thing, the problem is, if I call my mother, who, who may well be listening, Mom, hi, listen, uh, we're going to do a Swedish Death Clear. She goes, what? <laughs> you know, it, it just sounds so 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 slightly unpleasant. So I think it's more like um, of putting affairs in order. That also sounds like end of days because, you know, my mother's going nowhere. Your folks are going nowhere in terms of yeah. they're, they're yeah. alive and well and in, in, in rude health. I hope and presume, and yeah. and yet it, it's a really sensible thing to do. I, th- I think it's very Scandinavianly sensible thing to do. Well, it's funny because we're like I'm like six percent Scandinavian, so I'll take it right. <laughs> <laughs> that explains that. <laughs> but I was going to say, the, um, you know, it's interesting though because we don't take enough time. I think this kind of ties to your love of history. I, I have a massive love of history as well, and my wife and I love like ancestry and and, yeah. and genealogy. But I think it ties to that we don't ask our parents and our grandparents and our, our older relatives, the stories from times that happened before, like they're not necessarily going to share those stories. Sometimes oh. they're painful ones, you know? Yeah, no question, Luke. And I, I was in, um, I remember being in New Orleans, as they say, once. And, uh, New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. And I was, I, I, I needed to go to the tourist office to ask some information. And I, I, I've often quoted this. In the tourist office, there was not one person behind the counter under 80 yeah. And that's that's two for two reasons. Largely because they're just they've too much to offer and they're not bored, um, and they want to they want to work in in many in most respects. Yeah. And secondly, back to your point, more is that they are they repos- people of a certain vintage are the repositories of so much information, so many stories, so much so many facts that like like Mel, you know, we we often don't tap into that. Yeah. To our yeah, exactly. detriment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what are you doing in Ireland, Luke? You're you're, you're living and working and married and. Yeah, yeah. I I actually own a business here. I started up a business there during until 2017. So I sell um, stuff, tabletop gaming accessories like D and D and stuff like that on uh, my website. I sell globally, actually. So mm-hmm. we run it out of here. What's your website? Let you might have yourself say. Yeah, well, a little, little self plug there. Yep, <laughs> it's DakotaIrish.com. DakotaIrish.com. Okay. Definitely. Well, you seem like a, like a like a good egg, no doubt about it. I wish you Thanks, and, and your family a very happy Christmas. Thanks for listening and thanks for sharing Mel's story with us. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. You're welcome, Ryan. Okay. Happy and uh, healthy Christmas. Same to you, Luke. Take it Thank easy. You. Thanks for your time Bye. this morning. And uh, Mary's uh, just on to say, thinking of my daughters and son-in-law, and yet to meet my nine-month-old grandson who live in. Montana. That's wonderful. Happy Christmas, Mary. All right then. Uh, my grandmother, says Kathleen, was the first woman in Roundstone to have a bike and she rode it every Sunday over to Inishnee and uh, showed it off as people came running out to look at her. And that was in 1905. Lovely. And happy Christmas to all my friends in Roundstone, um, who I hope I'll see in due course. Okay, we're going to leave it there for now. Um, 
your the emails that are coming in are so lovely and as I say reflective uh, over the past year that's uh, that's been if you want to send them in we're here till Thursday morning um, so up to and including I should say Thursday morning 23rd so we look forward to hearing from you if you want to write something down to us please do ryan at rte.ie easy one to remember and of course our podcast bubbles along and you can listen to that whenever you wish but we'll say goodbye for now Philip Boucher Hayes standing by stay tuned for him and we'll see you tomorrow between 9 and 10 thank you for listening The Ryan Tuberty Show listen back on the RTE radio player